Hello, welcome to another episode of the Project Purple Podcast. I'm Dina Varley, founder and CEO of Project Purple. Today, we are back in the podcast studio here on audio and also on YouTube, and we've got a special guest. We always have special guests here at the Project Purple Podcast, but the guy who's been on the podcast more than myself, program manager, Vin Camp. Vin, pleasure having you back on the podcast once again. Back on the podcast. Love being on here. Thanks for having me. Um, as we've talked about it before, this is one of my um, events that is near and dear to my heart. So happy to be on and you know to be able to uh, talk about this race coming up in a couple of weeks. So if you haven't guessed it, this is the Chicago Marathon 2022 course preview and also Project Purple preview for our runners. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, <laughs> you can see I dressed appropriately. I'm in my purple jacket. This is not the same jacket that I wear on race day because it's a little short, uh, but it does the job here in the studio. Um, and I promise we will be decked out in purple if you come to the Chicago Marathon, the London Marathon this year, and the New York City Marathon. You will definitely see staff in the bright purple. So welcome to this podcast. We're excited to kind of break it down for our team and for the public, the course. We're going to be going over the course. But before we get there, Vin, let's talk about the pre. And we're going to go at this a little bit um, different than I think than we've done in the past uh, because this is going to air before. So for our team listening, we are doing a special meet and greet. We won't give out the location uh, because we don't want the general public showing up. I don't think that would be cool. Uh, no offense to anyone out there in the public, but it is a team event. Uh, but so we are doing a meet and greet the Saturday before uh, for our team, for their friends and family. It's kind of our way to say thank you and uh, celebrate and enjoy the special moment uh, with our team. Vin, I know you were, don't give it away, uh, you were at the, the site with me a couple of weeks back. Pretty it, cool space. It's going to be a nice place. It's going to be, let's just say there's a lot of views. You're going to be able to see a lot of things from where we are. Um, and hopefully the weather cooperates because I think that time of year, we might get some, uh, extra special views, uh, coming in. So, um, definitely a, a great site. So if you're on the team, um, I don't want to say you have to be there, but do everything you can to try to stop by. We want to meet you. Number one, we want to get to know you and thank you for everything that you've done. But the venue is a very, very, uh, well put together venue. I'm happy to be there. So excited to actually get to enjoy it. I think you summed that up perfectly. And we are going to have a gift for everyone. So that's the other reason why you want to come is because if you don't show up, you're not going to get the gift. Uh, but we've got a special gift for all of our runners. And uh, we're really excited. I, I, you know, probably can sense it in my voice. This time of year, it, this is where the rubber meets the road for us. It is our time to shine for our runners. They're on stage. We're there to support them, make sure they're the loudest, the best. Um, and we cannot wait. So Saturday, we've got our meet and greet. It's going to happen from one to five. And then, you know, at night, and, and I know we've talked about this a little bit in the past, but let's talk about this. You ran Chicago for your first marathon. I've run Chicago. I've done 10 other or nine other marathons, excuse me. But let's talk about just some pre-stuff and I think is important. You know, um, naturally, we're not going to dive into any training here because at this point, you know, Coach John likes to say the hay is in the barn. So um, nagging injuries, all that stuff, like 
that's not going to go away, <laughs> you know, in 24 hours. So this is really getting prepared for that night, uh, you know, getting prepared for that day, I should say, for Sunday, uh, Marathon Sunday. What are some of the things, Vin, in your experience and personally, and then also from a runner's perspective, because you've been around here now five years, that are some like best practices to use that night before? Yeah. So for me, I mean, I was an athlete growing up. I played baseball, football, basketball, and you know, you, we always had that pregame routine, you know, where we'd have the pasta or the carb loading, you know, before dinner or before the race day, before the day, before the game. Um, I think that's something that is good to do the day before or the night before. I know at all of our dinners that we used to have, it was, you know, have some kind of carb, have that pasta, you know, pasta was always served. Um, it just gives you that little bit of energy, you know, for the next day. Um, you don't really want to you know, change what you're doing. Um, from a runner standpoint, I was extremely nervous. I think you, know, you can probably remember, you know, you know, at that dinner, you know, I was a little out of ordinary, you know, at the dinner that we had, um, you know, in 2019. Um, but it was, Hey, have a drink, have a glass of wine, you know, have a beer. It's not gonna, you know, kill you. It's going to relieve that tension. You know, it's something that, you know, do something that you can, um, you know, that's going to help relieve the stress, especially if this is a first time for you, there's the anxiety, the stress is going to be somewhat high, uh, you know, especially speaking from my experience. Um, I needed just to do something to get my mind off of, you know, the race, um, to be around team, family, friends. Um, I did go for a little walk that night to see Chicago. I mean, it wasn't far. I didn't want to give my legs too much. Um, but I did go walk down to the rivers and just took in some of the sites and, you know, I lucked out and had good weather. Um, you know, so we were able to do that. Um, but those are, you know, things that I would say. And then the night before, when you get back to your hotel room or your Airbnb, wherever you are, let your clothes out, um, was a, you know, a piece of advice that I got was, you know, so when you wake up in the morning, you know, maybe you, it's going to be a rough night's sleep potentially, you know, you're going to be anxious, you know, you might be awake here or there. I woke up thinking I was going to miss my alarm to miss getting into the corral, um, you know, that type of stuff. Um, but if you have your gear, your food, your, your, your gels, your packs, whatever you're doing, you know, lay them out the night before that way, you know, when you wake up, you know, everything's there. Um, you know, you get it on, you pack up and, and you're ready to go, uh, would be, you know, a couple of my top you know, tips and, you know, for, you know, experienced and first timers out there. Yeah. I, I think you bring up some great, great points, man. And and I'm taking notes as I always do here and, and I'm not going to repeat any, um, but I'm just going to caveat what you said. You know, the, the one thing, like no one ever sleeps. I, I've yeah. never had a great sleep, uh, the night before yeah. a marathon, I think like once. Um, uh, but y this is the other thing that we have to realize too, is, your time doesn't start until you cross that start line. So stressing about getting up as much as this happens, I don't know if this helps, but even if you don't get off on the right time, you're still going to run the race. Right. Um, and your, your time is your time. It's not the time that, you know, and that's the other frustrating thing for our first time runners. Right. Be careful. Don't get caught up depending on when you start. 
your time is going to be vastly different than the official time because that official time is when those elites first run. So that's something that you got to be careful with. It can play mental mind games on you, both positive and negative, I think, if you don't understand that. Um, so you just got to be careful. But you know, if you miss your your start time, um, you're going to run. Like they're going to run. Unless you sleep until 12 o'clock, then you're, you're right. totally out of luck there. Um, you know, one thing, the, a couple of things that I would add to this, Vin, I love how you said, uh, you know, you went for a walk is I think distractions are really, really good. And I think, you know, not to tout us, but for our runners, you know, and, and there's so many charity runners in Chicago, you know, that are doing events the day before, whether it's a dinner or meet and greet shakeout runs. Um, there is a 5k that morning. Um, we possibly will have a shakeout run for our team, but distractions are really good, right? Like that's a great way to distract yourself going for a walk, being involved in team events, going to the expo. Now, naturally, you don't want to walk 26 miles the day before. For some people, that works really well. For other people, you know, they really need that rest. Uh, some people, you know, can can do the volume and, you know, that that's how they get loose and then they get ready and stuff like that. Uh, but I think distracting yourself, great idea. Number two is have a plan. And what do I mean by that is, Try to do some prior planning when, before you get to Chicago in terms of where you might eat on Saturday, um, where you're going to meet up with friends and family after the race. I think it, the more stuff that you do ahead of time, the better prepared you will be to have a really good experience, um, regardless of what your race time is. Um, and on that note, um, my last thing here that I would throw in is just arrive ready. And what do I mean by that is... and you know, we always tell our runners, you know, make sure like if, if you use a particular gel or a particular fuel, bring that with you. Yeah. Naturally, we're still pretty far out uh, to see what the weather's going to be like, but you probably want to start putting away some throwaway clothes at this point yeah. because, you know, there's been years where it has been cool in the morning. Um, and, you know, we set up, which we'll get to here in a bit, like where we set up is pretty early on in the race at one of our chair stations. And, you know, usually people look a lot different when we see them the second time because they've warmed up and they've thrown off a top, they've gotten rid of gloves, hats, whatever the case may be. Um, certain years it's been drizzling a little bit. So you just want to arrive ready. I always tell our runners and, and tell friends that, that do these marathons, whether it's Chicago or any of these other big marathons is you want to show up there race day, ready to go with your nutrition, your clothing, um, you know, always bring, you know, even it, Chicago's pretty funny with the weather, right? Like there's been years, I think we started in full gear and then stripped down to like a t-shirt, sure, right? Yeah. Like we've had jackets on early and then it got so warm. So you really have to, and I, I mean, I've been to Chicago where, you know, the first day I was there, it was bright and sunny. The next day it was snowing, you know? And so, you know, you could have these crazy weather shifts. So I just like to say, arrive ready, arrive ready from the clothing department, from your nutrition needs. Um, don't necessarily rely on getting stuff at the expo or locally. And, and the same could be said, I know it's, this is a little bit different, uh, difficult, I should say for some people with travel, but nutrition, you brought up nutrition, right? And we're all kind of creatures of habit at, at this point. You know, if you've been training 12 weeks or 16 weeks, you've created these habits in terms of what your routine is. I would say stay in that. Like you said, don't change what you're doing. But if that means like, hey, you have to bring a bagel or you have to bring a particular peanut butter uh, with you, like don't rely. That's another thing, right? Like there's Trader Joe's, there's Whole Foods, but especially now with supply chain issues, 
Like, hey, if you like Trader Joe's crunchy peanut butter before you run on a bagel, I'm sure you could find bagels. Like, I would maybe bring a jar of Trader Joe's crunchy peanut butter. Like, if that's what you're fueling up before you go to run, I would bring it. Um, and, you know, naturally people who have diet issues or, you know, nutritional issues where they can't, you know, eat particular things, that's something to also think about. Like, again, just don't think you're going to show up in Chicago. It is a big city and find the things that you need. Um, we were just there a couple of weeks ago and it's, it's wild. You know, we're still dealing in this pandemic world that a lot of places are still very closed. Um, you know, are still closed and, and, and haven't reopened in, in certain parts of the city, like CVS and Walgreens and some of the other big box chains like Target. So what traditionally would have been an easy, Hey, I'll walk down the block to Walgreens and pick up some peanut butter, some band-aids, uh, maybe some, uh, anti-chafing stuff that might not be as easy as it was back in 2019 and, and, you know, in previous years. So just come ready, arrive ready. I think that's like the biggest key, you know, maybe overarching here is just be ready and, and don't rely on what you, when you get there. All right, let's break down this course and, and race day. So let me, I'm going to go ahead and share our screen. We're actually going to go over the course. We have the course map up. And so, boom, there we go. The course is up. So. I think one of the, the cool things about this race and the world major that Chicago is, as I zoom in here, is the, the, the start and the finish, right? Finish yep. in the same general vicinity. But what's cool about Chicago, and I've run a lot of world major races, is that it's pretty accessible from the city. So if you're staying in the city, which there's a gazillion hotels, or even if you're staying a little bit further outside the city, whether it's up north or out west or even down south, their mass transportation system is still very good. Um, and I know that runs on race day. And so, um, you know, it's pretty easy to get to the start. And, and I do think that is one of the advantages if we compare this to like a Boston or a New York where they're point to points and you have to get to that start line somehow, whether it's a train, uh, whether it's a bus, a boat, and then you've got to get to the finish line. With Chicago, everything's kind of right in that park there, um, in that general vicinity here. Um, and getting to the start is actually really cool, um, I think. And, and what I mean by that is the year that I ran it, I actually used that start procession, I guess you would call it from the hotel that we were staying at, which was about a mile from the start line as my warm up, and just really kind of warmed up and got into the corral. And then I was like, you know, almost like just getting into like that loose stretch, getting my body stretch, using the bathroom and doing my final hydration. So I, I think that's really, really unique for a race this size that you have the ability to get in there um, pretty quickly all things considered being, you know, it's a 40,000 plus race. Yeah. I had a similar experience. I didn't walk there. Um, <laughs> even though we could have, you know, from where we stayed, um, you know, I took, but speaking on what you were mentioning, like with the mass transit, like I took their, you know, train, you know, system five minutes, whatever it was down there, I was in the corral and I didn't necessarily, when I got to that start area, I did 
you know, my warm up, like walking. I think I paced the street, you know, walked up and down, you know, a couple blocks. I didn't go right into the corral to get started. So I, I did it a little bit different, but, you know, echoing what you said, it was extremely easy to get there. Um, I was anxious about that. You know, what if I get on the wrong train? But I, it was super easy to get there. Got off, just walked up and down, you know, where that park is a few times. Then was like, okay, you know, it's it's showtime. It's game time. Let's go into the corral. Let's get ready. Um, tons of bathrooms if you had to go, you know, if you have to go, you know, lots of room. I think there was the year I did it in 19, there was plenty of room to stretch and, you know, do whatever you needed to do in that area. So extremely extremely easy to get to and you know get started and they and they move you through that you know pretty i haven't done any other marathons but you know they move and have a really good system as each corral is moving forward as you know as they go out and it was very well organized yeah i i you know they're a world major for a reason um and i i think they do it as good uh, as the rest and so it's it's pretty amazing to do that so the one thing I'll add here as we move on from the start is, like I said before, if you miss your corral um, time and don't get in the corral, do not stress. You can always go to the back. Um, the clock does not start. Your time does not start until you start the race and cross that start line and your chip goes off. So again, don't stress. You're going to run the race and the time is your time. Um, and most people aren't running for for winning the race anyway. So those people get a, a VIP escort to the start and, and those guys go off when they're <laughs> supposed to go off. But, you know, as you start, you shoot out of the gate. Uh, it's awesome. You go over the first bridge and then really that second bridge, Vin, which is like right around like mile one and a half before the, the historic Chicago theater uh, right there on the river is just an area that we're going to mention because that's where you'll see the project purple flags up in the air on the right side of the bridge. Um, if you're running. So I know in years past, so that bridge is funny because that's the state street bridge there. It has the divider in the middle, right? Stay to and the right. Stay, stay to, to the, the right. right. <laughs> and so what everyone does is they stay to that left on your, if you're running, because that is the closest distance. But as the crowds begin to, as the waves begin to get bigger and bigger and bigger, we start to see people gravitate to that right. Yeah. What do we What do we say? We always say, look for the Project Purple flag. We've got these telescoping flagpoles with the Project Purple flag. You have someone dressed in purple on the bridge. And so that's something that, uh, you know, we always tell the runners to look for, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, on, on the, uh, the race course there. And so that's when, they turn that, when you turn that corner right around mile state. one, you're yeah. going to take that left. You're only a few, few blocks away from that bridge. And as soon as I turned that corner, I was trying to spot the flag. It was still a little far out, but I was looking yeah. for it. And then you were in my head, stay to the right, stay to the right. Stay so the right. I just eased my way over there. Yeah. Um, and it made it so much. It, it it is the start of the race, um, so your adrenaline's already high. And then you see, you hear. I think you could hear Dino on the speaker um, from turning that corner, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. But well, you know, this, then you just see the Project Purple people, and you know it, that adrenaline kicks in a lot more, which I'll get into on the next um, next bridge. But it definitely um, stay to the right there because we want to see you. We want to grab pictures, and if you're over yeah. on that left hand side. It's more of like a, a crapshoot if we can snag your picture with our photographers. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, Vin, this year, uh, we hope to have a big surprise for everyone in Chicago uh, with us. So we hope that uh, they'll be able to hear us loud and clear. Exactly. Um, you know, so as you go through there, then, you you know, you wrap around the, the, the lower part of the city, uh, not lower part, but in that upper loop. And then you take that hard ride onto LaSalle. Yeah. And so traditionally, we have tried to get to LaSalle this year, depending on staffing, um, that could be a possibility or not, but uh, look for that Project Purple Flag. That's around mile three uh, or right before mile three on LaSalle. And and I always, you know, Chicago is really unique in the sense that the marathon itself is really, if you've never gone to Chicago, gives you really the flavor of Chicago yeah. from the neighborhoods. And this is kind of the cool thing about this race. And this is kind of where... I think the race transitions a bit here because you do get to see downtown, right? You're on the start of the race, um, over to State Street, then you're into Jackson Boulevard there. You take some turns in that loop area and you see some of the bigger historic buildings and then you hit LaSalle and naturally now you're going north. And as you go north and you cross the bridge is really where you get into some really cool neighborhoods. Um, and as you head north on LaSalle, uh, up to really the Gold Coast is really a cool area where you have Boys Town, uh, you know, where they have lots of performances. There's, it's a more residential area as well. Um, and you just kind of really see kind of the flavor of the city, um, in a sense, from that northern perspective of the of the race. Yeah, and that was, that's exciting to see because every town, like you mentioned, has their own little flair. And, and they come out, some of these towns come out and, you know, comparing it to New York, right. You know, in a sense, well, the they boroughs, yeah. and they explain, you know, they, you know, tell you what they're all about. And it's, it's it, again, it, it's fun to see. It takes your mind off of what you're doing. Now you're, you know, at mile 10, 11, and you know, you're taking in people cheering for you, the performers, it's, it keeps your mind off things and, you know, it, it's fun. You know, I don't want to say running a marathon. I wouldn't say it's fun, but <laughs> It's fun to see all this stuff going on and see all these people in different, you know, different flavors, like you said, in all these areas, you know, to yeah. be motivated. Yeah, it's pretty wild. So that upper section, which is the northern part, which is like around mile like seven to nine is Boys Town. Yep. You've got a lot of performances there. It's Wrigleyville up in that area. So, you know, you get that Chicago Cub flare up in that area. And then as you start to traverse and come down more further south, um, you know, you head into the Lincoln Park area, which has become this like thriving area for young professionals. There's many great restaurants. So, and again, a lot of residences. So a lot of those people tend to come out and, and those sections really, really are cool and unique to each other. And then you head into Old Town, which you now start to come back into like Chicago proper, Chicago, the city, right? Um, and you get into the River North area, um, you know, which is known for its restaurants and bars, hotels, residences now. Um and that's where just before mile 13, as you cross the Well Street Bridge, is our second official cheer zone, which is as people come off the bridge there, uh, you'll see us there, um, you know, from, from that standpoint. And that's kind of a cool area because it's at like mile thir right before 13. Right before 13. Right. And so again, we're, we're on that right side. Um, this bridge is a little bit easier because it's just one bridge. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll be there as you come off the bridge, 
onto uh, Wacker there. And, um, you know, I think this is kind of a pivotal point because the halfway is really kind of where, not where the wheels tend to fall off, but, you know, the first part of the race, I feel you've got the energy, you've done the training, you're there. But this is kind of where the rubber meets the road, right? Like this is where, and and this is kind of what we like to say here um, as I zoom into this section here is like, we're, we're like right here, right around this, this, this left-hand turn here. Um, we're as, right on that turn. Yeah. Right on that turn. And, um, you know, I think that's where we kind of are there to push the athletes through the next 13 miles, right? Um, and, and give them that motivation. But that's kind of like a turning point in the race. Uh, because you do go out of the city, you you start yeah. to venture out west and go down south, which it, it's it's a different dynamic, right? And and so for us, it's really kind of an opportunity to kind of push the runners through the next thirteen miles. Yeah, and I mean, again, speaking from experience on my end, I mean, I I was I started to feel it there, like you said, I, you know, they weren't falling off yet, <laughs> but I, I started to feel it there. So coming around that, I believe we take a right to come onto Wacker. Um, seeing you guys there, seeing the crowd, Christina was there. Um, I still get flack to this day for not stopping and giving her a hug. Um, but there was no way I was stopping. I was just keeping going. Um, but as you mentioned, then you start coming south. And that was one thing that stuck out for me was seeing you guys right around 13. And then you shoot out you know, to the United center and out there, and it does get pretty quiet out there. It's, there's not a lot out there. So having you, having you guys in the cheer zone there, you know, was able to push me to be able to get out there, you know, keep that motivation going. And then you start turning back and you start coming through again, some more of these communities. So that's a great location. If I, you know, from a personal standpoint, yeah, I, I think this this stretch and th- and I'll share my personal experience here. When I ran the race, like right around like fourteen yeah. here, you can see the marathon through yeah. the side streets, right? <laughs> yep. And that really plays a trick on you, right? So this stretch here from like fourteen, you know, once you make this turn at the United Center, and you know they usually have like the the mascot the there mascot for the Chicago there, Bulls, some right? Of the cheerleaders were out yeah, then. the cheerleaders. So it starts to get pretty cool, and then you come into this universe. Like this, I, I think personally, there, there's two stretches here that that really kind of grind. Um, one of them is here from 14 to like 16. I think once you turn the corner there, then you know, like, Hey, you're in the home stretch. And then as you get into the university area and Greek town, that gets really cool. You know, there's the, the university, then you've got little Italy, um, which then brings you into the Pilsen area and then Chinatown, um, which is just really, really cool. Like I think Chinatown's like one of the coolest parts on the, on the race, but I, I would say like 14 to 16, just because of that, for me, mentally seeing runners going the yeah. opposite direction, because you can see them through the side streets. And you think it's going to come up quick. And you correct. Think, correct. Turn, yeah. Turn <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, you're like, where do I turn? Where do I take this left turn? You're like, oh my God, that to me was mentally a hard section. And then my other section, which uh, I, I kind of don't and this kind of goes in with marathon where I kind of hit the wall a little bit is like 22 to 23 because, uh, when you, when you take this turn here at 22, right around the 35 K mark, you're, you're, you know, that you've only got a couple miles left, right? Like you've got uh, really, 
you know, four miles left, a little bit over a 5k. But the trick that, that plays with your mind here for me was I could see the skyline again at this point. Yeah, and I was right. like thinking, all right, I'm going to go right here and then left. <laughs> but then you have to take this right down Michigan. Yeah. And then once you come, once you make that turn there, like, you know, you're in the home stretch at like mile 23, 24. And, and so I, that I would say for me, those two pieces are really the hardest is like that 14 to 16 and that 22 to 23. And, you know, that, that latter part, the 22, 23, I think I hit the wall, as they say. And it does get kind of quiet um, a bit in this section. Um, I think there's a, a Venezuelan section or community, Ecuadorian community um, after Chinatown, which is really cool. And they come out. Um, but that, that, those are kind of areas to kind of, as we say, like watch yourself a bit because you are going to need that extra push during those times. But once yeah. you get through this 14 to 16, it does get really cool and really amazing. And I think, you know, the, the excitement of Chinatown will carry you through, you know, so hopefully that gets you through. And, and I think Vin, once you take this turn back going, uh, North on the course, the race really gets really cool. When you get back on yeah. Michigan, it is pretty, the, the last two miles of the race are just awesome. Oh, that's what I was going to say. So I hit the wall at 18 when I did mine, 18 to 19 was when I hit my wall, hamstrings started tightening, all that good stuff. <laughs> um, you know, I had to do with the walk run thing. Um, but, you know, again, just like you're saying, you take that turn at 23 and mentally you're like, I have two miles, two and a half miles to go. You hit 24 and I think my last two miles, I don't know if it was the crowd, if it was, you know, coming back into the city, knowing that the finish line was only two miles away. I just did 24, you know, two miles. What's two miles? My last two miles were like my best miles. Didn't yeah. stop. You know, that, and then as soon as it took that turn, um, even with that little hill coming up to the finish line, um, there's that, it might even be like a 50 foot hill. It's not that big. It felt like it was huge, but it's not that big. It, it felt great going up it felt great coming down and then you're downhill to the finish line really and you're just cruising yeah. um but yeah i i think you know a michigan ave there at the finish is is lined you know pretty much for those two miles and the great thing is you know restaurants hotels residences all along michigan everyone's out cheering and that is like the the runner's moment right like you've made it this far it's your moment to shine and i think to your point like taking that right turn uh to the finish and the the irony is it's like 800 to go but you gotta go up a hill right And and it like mentally messes with you right so like once you get to like I think it's like that tail end of Michigan. You start to see yeah. like 1,600 meters to the finish, 1,000 meters. You know, you start seeing the signs. And I think when you take that right-hand turn, it says 800 to go, but you're like, holy cow, there's a hill. And yeah. it is not that big of a hill, but at mile 26, it's a big hill, right? Like it's just exactly. like, you know, some of these other events uh, like New York. New York has Fifth Ave, which, you know, is in that tail end and you know, fifth Ave people don't realize like it's all uphill, you know, on the, on the upper, uh, East side there. So yeah, it's kind of, it kind of messes with you mentally, but Mm -hmm. to your point, once you get to that left-hand turn to, to the top of the hill, it's all downhill, literally. Like you have skates on, you're just like gliding down that hill. Yeah. Uh, That was one thing like you're saying on Michigan Ave, if I remember correctly, like they even like, and I don't know if this is at every race, like towards the finish line, but they almost like 
the the roads some sort of narrows in yeah where they're bringing you in which again you know you start to spread out on some of these where you're not that you're by yourself but people are spread out away from you um you know the crowds if you're running in the middle they're on each side you know they're they're far away you know but then the road starts narrowing they have that you know filter coming in you know cones to to bring everybody a little bit closer now you're next to other runners you know the the crowds are literally right on top of you it feels like and you know that pushes you down that 25 6 26 to the finish yeah it's awesome and I, and i think the one thing that's really cool about chicago as we mentioned before like you start and finish in the same area right so the finish you cross that finish line you're still in the park you get your medal you can go have a, a, a stone. Is it Stony Creek or no? What not Stony Creek's in Connecticut. It's the uh, Goose Creek. Goose Creek. Goose yes. Creek. Goose Creek bear. Uh, they've got a, they've got a cool area there. There's plenty of hospitality and stuff. And mm-hmm. I'm going to stop sharing here because we've done our course preview. Let's talk about the finish here. And, you know, you come through that finish line, as I said, you get your medal, you get your beer, and then, you know, there are some hospitality tents available for people if you buy extra tickets. Uh, but there's really a cool area. And I, I think that's like the one cool thing. At some point, I believe public is allowed into the park. You still have to go through security. There is a friends and family uh, area there where you can have as a, as a, you know, to reunite with friends and family. Um, we always suggest because of Chicago, as we mentioned, the pro of so many hotels and restaurants so close to that start finish line. Sometimes it's a little bit easier to have that meetup offsite, right? right? Now, that's not always great for the runner, right? Because they've got to walk further. Yeah. Um, and especially if you're hurting, that's uh, that's going to take you a little bit longer. Uh, but it's also a good idea because you kind of get away from the crowds, right? And so there might be a, a Starbucks or you know a hotel lobby, uh, maybe a block or two away, or, or maybe a little bit further. That makes it ideal to uh, to meet up. Yeah, I think you know. And for me, you know, we had we had the after party then that you Correct. and that year. It was the year before COVID. Um, you know, so there weren't any restrictions or anything like that. Um, but I, I mean, I remember Christina was in the friends and family area, and then uh, we met up. Um, you know, at the at a corner, like you said, I think it was whether it was a Starbucks or something. I forget. I uh, we instead of her following me, running through the crowds trying to find each other, we you know went across the street met there and then, you know, walked back to the hotel, changed, relaxed, and, you know, met everybody else up. So, I mean, I think that's a great, great point to, to say, because you know, it can get crowded down there and trying to spot people in the crowd and, and everything. And I mean, I wasn't on my phone. We weren't texting. I, I don't know. I, I just didn't even want to have my phone on me, but so I was trying to find people and it was difficult. There was just a lot of people, you know, you're at the finish line, um, savor that moment. So, you know, you cross that finish line. It's, you know, take pictures, be proud of that, you know, metal that you have, enjoy every, every second of that. That's a great point. Um, you know, the other thing that I want to just throw in here, Chicago is an early race, right? Like yeah. by seven thirty, everyone has started the race. Yeah. So it, people yeah. finish pretty early. Um, so that's another thing to, to think about, you know, and, and for those that have done other races, like Boston starts really late, New York starts really late. Chicago starts really early. Uh, so think about that when you're planning. Um, and I think that's the other thing that this has an advantage to like, 
restaurants are open. So, you know, your family and friends might be uh, starting the day a little bit early um, in terms of uh, entertaining themselves uh, while you may be finishing and then, you know, maybe they can meet you nearby. Cause again, there are a lot of restaurants up and down that, that area by grant, uh, by the park there, by the start finish. Great stuff. And I want to end this and, and I know this is always kind of a loaded question, but something that we haven't mentioned that uh, maybe we could mention or maybe something we had, what would be like your number one tip or number one advice piece for, for anyone running the marathon, Chicago in particular? Oh, for me, honestly, it's take out the headphones and enjoy the moment. Um, and every whenever I say that to somebody, they all look at me like, how could you do that? How did you do that? And, you know, type of thing. Um, so when I started training, being competitive, I was looking at my watch. I was looking at, you know, my heart, like everything. I was just, I was too much in my head and the, the sounds in my head, maybe I didn't want to listen to a song, maybe. And I didn't want to be fumbling around or a podcast. Um, so during my training runs, I just ixed the, the headphones you know, took off my watch and just went off of heart rate. Um, I don't know if that's something everybody should do. That was something that worked for me because if I looked at my watch and saw that I was doing a 10, 11 minute mile, I was like, oh, I can do a nine. And then I'd push it a lot more. So enjoy it. You know, you've always said like, we're not going to finish first. You know, we're, you know, you know, yes, people want to break their times or, you know, maybe some people are BQing or doing that kind of stuff or they're looking for certain times. That's great. Um, but enjoy the moment, take those headphones out and take in the sign, the scenery, take in the views, whether it's raining or not, there's going to be beautiful views. Right. And we're all out there for a reason, you know, and we're running because we have been affected by this thing called pancreatic cancer. Um, so I just kept thinking about that. I kept, you know, using that as motivation and, you know, being present in the moment even though my hamstrings hurt, even though my feet hurt, it was, I'm present, I'm here, I'm doing this. And my uncle can't, my uncle's not here with me, but he was still, he was there, still there with me, but he was helping push me through it. So if you can, um, not saying that if you've trained with headphones the whole time to take them out the day before the race, cause you don't want to change things up too much, but try it, you know, try it for a couple miles, try it for a little bit, turn off the headphones and just take in everything that's around you. Vin, you, you said this perfectly, and uh, I had that written down, and so I, I'm going to shift mine, and, and you nailed it, man, but uh, the race itself will have over 10,000 charity runners. They're all great causes, and I just wrote down, remember the why, right? Because when you hit the wall, uh, that'll, that'll really uh, pull you through. Um, there's so many great causes and naturally ours, you know, pancreatic cancer. And, and I, I selfishly say this, I think we have the, the, the greatest cause of any charity um, and would debate that till cows fly over the moon. Uh, but I know there's many charities that do some amazing work. They, they all do actually, and, and are helping uh, millions and millions of people worldwide. But just remember that why I think is important, you know, to add to what you said. Um, I think if you, to your point, enjoy the moment, take it in, get lost in it, whatever you got to do. And then remember why you're running that day. If you do those two things, I think you'd have a hell of experience and, and really, you know, enjoy every single step of that 26.2. Yeah. And I mean, if I can go with another, like one, a don't go out too fast. 
then it's going to be it. We have, uh, we have not said don't, that. Uh, don't, yeah. You know, I think my first mile was like eight or seven or something. It was like, Oh, slow down, you know, type of thing. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, that, that's a great one, Vin. And that's one that we forgot to mention before. So that, that is a very good one. Do yeah. not go out too fast. Drop back if you have to do whatever you got to do to kind of pace yourself to the excitement of it. And the adrenaline doesn't get the best of you. Vin, thank you for once again being on the Project Purple podcast. We are excited. We hit the road very soon. Actually, as we record this, we've got a team in Berlin this year. We've got teams. Wow. Let's go through this list. The Chicago got. Half. Chicago Half Marathon. Berlin Marathon. Chicago Half Marathon. Twin Cities Marathon. London Marathon. Sono Half Marathon. Chicago Marathon. And then the New York City Marathon. So we've got a busy couple weeks ahead of us. We cannot wait to celebrate, chair our teams, be as uh, excited and crazy on race day. And we cannot wait to meet as many of our runners. I, I think this is really a special time of year for us because we get to really meet the people that allow us to do the great things we do, thank them in, in person, and then chair for them and celebrate with them, post with as many as possible. So we cannot wait. I, I, I'm really excited. It, it does feel a lot different this year than last year. Um, it feels a lot normal. I say normal here in air quotes for those that watching, but I, I think there's something special about this year. And I don't know if that's because of the pandemic and we've rebound so quick here um, with the excitement and people and, and maybe because we are doing some, so many great things on our end. And so I'll leave the audience with this thought, you know, during the pandemic, the, everyone thought like this was it, right? Like there were probably not everyone, but there were a lot of people, you know, in a lot of industries that were impacted dramatically, ours included. And so, you know, last year was like trying to figure out, is this for real? Is this not for real? Are these events going to come back on full time? Are they going to look like they did in 19? And now that they do that, I think it, it's almost a thing that you realize how special this is and how these moments are. And knowing also though, that, Hey, this, this could be taken away from us at any point in time. Right. Mm -hmm. So it makes it that much more special, that much more important. So with that, Vin, thanks for being on the podcast. We look forward to Chicago and all of our races. And, uh, as we say here at project purple, thanks for listening. This is a wrap of another episode of the Project Purple Podcast. If you like what you hear today, feel free to share this episode. Follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on our YouTube channel for some wonderful content. And until next time, please be safe. Thanks for listening and watching to the Project Purple Podcast. <laughs>